0: Download the Move app and log in with your Mamma Mia login. Head to move.mamma mia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to... Such a, short time to <laughs> ..a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. We've already done a few episodes about UKPM Boris Johnson we've untangled Brexit, Boris and the whole damn mess.
1: People like Boris Johnson, who aspire to be Prime Minister, are somewhat using the Brexit vote, the problems that Theresa May is having, to make her look like a lame duck Prime Minister, so the likes of Boris can swoop in to number 10 Downing Street.
0: And found out how he even got to the top job in the first place. There's this,
1: broadly speaking, a kind of affection in Britain For the eccentric toff, an Eton-educated, first-class honours, upper-class twit, if you like, who can kind of get away with behaviour that other sections of society never could.
0: But now it seems Boris Johnson's tenure as PM might be coming to a close, with calls for his resignation amid allegations he flaunted COVID restrictions throughout the pandemic throwing parties while UK citizens hunkered down in their homes, unable to see friends and family, even as they lost loved ones in the thousands. Today, we find out whether Boris can weather the storm and why so many people are calling for him to be kicked out of Downing Street. Back on June 19, 2020, the UK was in lockdown. Just like here in Australia, there were strict rules in place, including a ban on gatherings of two or more people. Breaching that rule would see those involved hit with fines of £100 for a first offence, going as high as £3,200 for any subsequent breaches. But unlike Australia, the UK had already suffered more than 42,000 deaths by that time, as it became one of the most impacted countries in the world by COVID-19. Earlier in March, Boris Johnson, the UK Prime Minister, had praised a seven-year-old girl who'd written to him to say she'd postponed her birthday celebrations due to the pandemic, saying, we all have to do our bit to protect the NHS, the National Health Service. But while Mr Johnson was praising the efforts of primary school-aged children for being able to stick to the rules, it seems he and his staff were unable to do the same. Because on June 19, 2020, Mr Johnson's fiancée, Carrie Simons, allegedly organised a surprise birthday party for him. It was set for 2pm in the Cabinet Room. 30 people gathered in the space, sang happy birthday and shared party food from Marks and Spencers, a piece of cake and a chat. Most of those people were Cabinet staff, but not all of them. There were some invited guests from outside too. Downing Street staff claimed that Boris himself was only there for 10 minutes or so, but that wasn't the first breach of COVID restrictions at 10 Downing Street. Journalists had been tipped off about a BYO booze party held on May 20th, 2020. Back then, UK citizens were being told they were unable to venture past their own front door unless they had to go to work, exercise or get food. But while they were staying locked away, more than 100 invites went out to people asking them to attend the socially distanced drinks. It's believed around 30 people turned up. Mr Johnson apologised to his fellow MPs, saying he'd spent just 25 minutes thanking staff before returning to his office. He said he was under the impression that it was a work event, that he hadn't been told about it in advance. The invites were sent by Mr Johnson's own private secretary. There were also reports that staff were sent to a local bottle shop with a suitcase to pick up more booze. According to sources, this was a regular occurrence. There was a debate about what rules exactly had been broken, seeing as technically 10 Downing Street is his home and he hadn't left it. But there were strict guidelines also about office behaviour that didn't include parties of any kind. When a photo from May 15, 2020 surfaced of the PM and his staff with bottles of wine and cheese in the garden at Downing Street, Mr Johnson said that it was also just a work event, that these people were at work, talking about work. And it seems cheese and wine was the go-to business meeting format for Downing Street during that time. This was Boris Johnson's former spokesperson, laughing about a Christmas party that had been revealed on Twitter.
2: just seen reports on Twitter that there was a Downing Street Christmas party on Friday night. Do you recognise those reports?
0: (laughs)
1: Um, uh... uh...
2: Would the Prime Minister condone uh, having a Christmas party? What's the answer? I don't know. I think was the party it was cheese and wine. Just <laughs> <not>. <laughs> Is cheese and wine alright? No. It was a business no. meeting. <laughs> I'm joking. This fictional party was a business meeting. And it was not socially
0: distanced. There are also allegations that two gatherings were held on a single day in November 2020. One that included staff from Downing Street inside the flat where Mr. Johnson lives with Carrie Simons. And another elsewhere in 10 Downing Street to mark the departure of a special advisor. Both came just eight days after a new lockdown banning indoor mingling from different households was announced. That same month, another leaving due was arranged for one of Mr Johnson's aides, where Johnson reportedly gave a speech. So that's at least six gatherings that may have breached COVID restrictions in just 2020 alone, but there were allegedly at least half a dozen more. Calls began to ring out for the PM to resign.
1: He's sorry because he's been caught. When my constituents were making unimaginable decisions, he was hosting a boozy party in Downing Street. So how does he think he can still maintain the one rule for him and another for the rest of us? He cannot and he must resign.
0: A member of his own party defected to the opposition, while another stood up in Parliament and called for his boss to hand in his letter of resignation. Senior civil servant Sue Gray was tasked with investigating what had actually gone down at these events. Her report was released yesterday, but it wasn't the version she wanted to show. The reason for that is that last month, London police also announced that they're investigating the series of alleged parties. The report redacted so as to not interfere in that investigation. Lord Charles Falconer, the Shadow Attorney-General, wrote a column for The Guardian with the title Greased Piglet Boris Johnson Could Evade Justice Due to the Met's Disastrous Move. The Sun asked Mr Johnson how he felt, given that one of the parties being questioned was held just the night before Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth laid her husband Prince Philip to rest, the Queen forced to mourn alone while Downing Street staff celebrated.
2: Was having to apologise to the Queen about those parties the night before she put her husband of over seventy years she laid him to rest was that a moment of shame for you? I, I deeply and, and bitterly regret uh, that, that 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 happened, and I can only uh, you know, and renew my apologies both to uh, to Her Majesty and uh, to the country. Uh, for, for misjudgments that, that, that were made, and, and for which I take full responsibility.
0: The reporter also asked the one question on everyone's lips right now. Do you think you can recover from this? You might be able to survive,
2: but can you recover? Well, Your polling is terrible. The public think you should go. Your MPs are in revolt. Six of them have publicly said you should resign. Beth, I, I understand people's feelings, and I understand why people feel as, as strongly as they do about this issue. Uh, I, and I, I repeat my apologies for, for what happened. And I, I, I'm heartily, heartily sorry for misjudgments that were made uh, in, in number 10. But, right, but what, I, what, I, what I do need to do uh, is, is wait for the conclusion of the, of the inquiry.
0: So what will happen to Boris Johnson? Dr Ben Wellings is Senior Lecturer in Politics and International Relations at Monash University. He's an expert on Brexit and the politics of nationalism and Euroscepticism in contemporary Europe. His current research focuses on the relationship of nationalism in contemporary England to Brexit and the Anglosphere. Ben, what exactly did we find out in Sue Gray's report?
1: What we did find out is that parties had taken place Boris Johnson was at some of them. One of them appears to have taken place in his private accommodation in 10 Downing Street, the Prime Minister's official residence. So in that regard, it's not looking good for Boris Johnson, but strangely enough, the kind of deferral of, if you like, the detail of this actually kind of plays out in his favour. And this all happened in the context of some of the United Kingdom's lockdowns in which there was a much higher death toll and hospitalisation rate than we've had here in Australia. So people are pretty angry about this.
0: How many times can Boris Johnson apologise? We've already seen him apologise twice in Parliament for these parties. We've seen politicians booted out or leaving for less than what he's been accused of. Is it enough for him just to apologise and see if this just goes away?
1: It's really, you know, has the damage been done and can Johnson and those people around him see beyond the immediate drivers of the situation in Parliament itself, i.e. should Johnson stay or go, and to think about the damage that it's done to trust in politics in the United Kingdom. I think there are two things that are coming out of this. I mean, the first, which we will know when the police report comes in, I mean, has he or anyone around him broken the law? But secondly, has he knowingly misled Parliament? And there's a sort of prima facie case that is what he's done. And the convention is that, Anyone who's done that would resign. So as you say, we've seen people go for less. Johnson's leadership is all about being unconventional. So he may decide to ignore that convention, even if he is found to have misled parliament and stay on. So I think that he can't really apologise enough. But then it's a question about the sincerity of that apology and whether any real change is going to come with that contrition.
0: Where is the UK right now as far as its election cycle? Are they far away from choosing a new prime minister? What is Boris Johnson's timeframe to try and ride this out?
1: It's midterm. They had an election in 2019 and all going according to plan. The next election will be in 2024. Now, most governments are pretty unpopular in the midterm of the cycle. And that's what some of Johnson's supporters will be saying. This is like actually just a a manifestation of midterm unpopularity. They've got a very large parliamentary majority of 80 out of 650 seats, it's going to be very difficult for the opposition Labour Party to overturn that, even if the people who switched from Labour to Johnson and helped him win in 2019 all switch back. And I think most of them won't do that. A lot of the disaffected people will simply not vote, which is an option people have in the United Kingdom. You can simply not turn up and not vote on election day. So I think this is probably be playing into strategist calculations as well. They're just saying, well, we can afford to be unpopular. You know, we'll take a hit at the next election, but probably won't lose. But this, again, I think is losing sight of the big picture, I think, because I think that the real damage is to trust in politics and the disaffection that will go with that, the belief that government members of parliament, the vast majority of whom work incredibly hard, are in it for themselves or simply there to protect one person's career and you know satisfy their desires to be prime minister. So that, I think, is the real problem. But it's safe to say that the conservatives around Johnson have got quite a strong electoral buffer and that message will be getting passed on to those people who want Johnson to go.
0: If he were to go, is there someone waiting in the wings to step up into his shoes?
1: There are certain names that we could conjure with the Treasurer, Rishi Sunak, the Foreign Minister, Liz Truss, and various other kind of senior people. But none of these are kind of like standout, waiting in the wings candidates for a whole variety of reasons. So another possibility that sometimes happens when the Conservative Party in Great Britain elects its leader is that you get these outside candidates who pop up because they're sort of least objectionable to the largest number of people. And we've seen that a few times. So there could be a kind of a real outsider who could be waiting in the wings. There's a lot of people of colour out of, say, the six top candidates, two of them are women. But again, I think the lack of someone ready to step in to the breach if Johnson were to go would be starting to kind of solidify support around Johnson a little bit. But this question will be open once again when the police report comes out and if there are serious questions to answer.
0: In your professional opinion, Ben, how do you see this playing out? What's going to happen to Boris Johnson? It's
1: difficult to read the tea leaves here. I mean, you know, last week his position was really difficult. I think he's had a stay of execution because of the police investigation that, if you like, cut across the bowels of... The civil servant Sue Gray's investigation. I think that we probably need to look at the balance of forces within the Conservative Party. Those people who are newly elected in seats that were formerly Labour seats are feeling very nervous that their support is going to evaporate at the next general election and they will have a very short political career. I think that there are people who didn't like the idea of Johnson as Prime Minister in the first place within the Conservative Party. He doesn't appeal very much to, if you like, cautious, small-c conservative voters because his style is to crash or crash through. So I think that there's a group of MPs, and I should say it's the Conservative MPs of Parliament who choose the leader. I think it depends on how they read the public mood, how angry people in the electorate are, and all those things we've discussed how long it is till the next electoral cycle, whether he thinks he can hang on. I think his personal instinct and his personality suggests that he's going to hang on to that job that he's wanted for a long time, for as long as he can. And I don't think he's someone who accepts a great deal of personal responsibility for their actions. And so I guess short of him being forced out, he is not going to step down of his own accord.
0: Will Boris Johnson resign? At this stage, it looks very unlikely. His response in Parliament after the Sue Gray report was released was that of someone who believes an apology is sufficient in this instance.
2: Firstly, I want to say sorry. And I'm sorry for the things we simply didn't get right and also sorry for the way that this matter has been handled.
0: But for those who lost loved ones at the height of the pandemic, who did the right thing, who followed the rules while the man telling them what rules to follow was breaking them he may never see their forgiveness. People died sticking
2: to the rules and they broke those rules to have a bottle of wine.
1: It's at times like this when we need strong governorship, we need people who can lead the way, we need people who can show us what the right thing to do and and we've been betrayed and and so where do our allegiances lie now? What can we trust? What is the truth? That trust has gone.
0: That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Ian Camilleri. Mamma Mia! acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation.